Welcome to It's a Crime. I'm Linda and today we're going to be talking about Lori and Chad Daybell. I'm going to talk a little bit about Charles Vallow and also a little bit about Chad's author and friend Julie Rowe. I'm going to particularly dive into a falsified email, show you some patterns, and also talk about a mission that Lori and Chad need to accomplish together. But before I get started, if you are new to the It's a Crime community and would like to be part of it, please click the subscribe button and click that notification bell. Click the like button if you support this video and share this video out where you can. With that being said, let's get into it. I think you would agree that this is one messed up story. And as you go down the rabbit hole, some things come to light while other things, well, you just go down a deeper, darker hole. So I'm going to do another timeline again, but this time we're going to be talking about and taking a look at when Chad and Lori first met, some of the emails exchanged between them and some of their beliefs. Now I'm still diving into this, so I'm going to give you a little bit of info snacks in this video, but as I go deeper, I'll uncover more and come back to you with another video. So we're going to start in 2014 and a woman by the name of Julie Rowe met Chad in 2014 and she worked with him up until March of 2019 and they met on a forum about the end of times called the Another Voice of Warning. Now, Chad published Julie's book and not only became friends with Chad, but also became friends with Tammy and also their five children. And Julie is an energy healer. She had a near-death experience. Chad also had a near-death experience and together they would talk about this experience and then kind of exchange notes, so to speak, of what visions they each had. And Julie is an important piece in this saga. And throughout this video, I'll explain why. And Julie says he talked about his near-death experience and the visions he's had about mostly what's coming to Idaho and Utah. She says, when I knew him and was working with him, I did not view him as a cult leader because he never was like that when I was around him. But I have never been to any of those small gatherings that he conducted in different people's homes in Idaho or Utah. And around 2015, just a year later, Lori starts to read all of Chad's doomsday books and she becomes absolutely obsessed with his writings. And I did see a video clip of Lori's oldest son, Colby Ryan, and he was talking about his mom always had things stocked up for doomsday, like food and supplies. So she becomes obsessed with Chad and his teachings or writings. And in 2018, this is where it starts to go downhill. Many people say that both Chad and Lori become different. So in April 2018, Lori's third husband, Joseph Ryan, dies. And he's also Tylee's biological dad. He dies of an apparent heart attack and he's cremated. And now they are actually looking into his death. Now, Lori claims that she received life insurance for Joseph Ryan's death, even though the couple have been divorced for quite a few years at this point. Now, in this year, Chad and Lori finally meet. And by October 2018, Chad starts emailing Lori. And Kay Woodcock, who is Charles Vallow's sister, 
says that once Lori met Chad, that she said she started noticing changes in Lori's behavior. On November 16th and November 17th of 2018, Chad speaks at an event called Preparing a People in Mesa, Arizona, and he stays with Charles and Lori. And by December 5th, Chad and Lori are on the same episode of Time to Warrior Up, which is a Preparing a People podcast, and they do a few different episodes from what I'm understanding. And also in December, this is the last time that Chad and Julie Rowe actually talk in person. And Charles starts to discover that there are multiple emails from Chad and Lori with concerning information. In January 2019, Chad writes an email to Lori on the subject of the seven missions to accomplish together. And in this list, it says, translate ancient records, write the book about the translation process, identify locations in Northeast Arizona for white camps, presidency of the Church of Firstborn, help establish the food distribution as the tribulations start and the and the delegate, I think it says, and then delegate, but it's wrong. Ordain individuals to translate as the camps begin and provide supplies to righteous members of families. So that's the seven missions to accomplish together. I will be diving in, as you know, and I will be back with more. Now on January 29th, there are court documents and it describes Lori as this. It actually uses the word mother in place of Lori, but I'm going to switch this so it just says Lori so you're not confused. Lori has recently become infatuated and at times obsessive about near-death experience and spiritual visions. Lori has told Charles that she is sealed, eternally married, to the ancient Book of Mormon prophet Moroni and that she has lived numerous lives on numerous planets prior to this current life. Lori also believes that she was married to James the Just in a past life and also lived as Mary French in the 1800s, who was Joseph Smith Jr.'s natural grandmother. Lori also informed Charles that she is a translated being who cannot taste death sent by God to lead the 144,000 into the millennium. Lori believes that she is receiving spiritual revelations and visions to help her gather and prepare those chosen to live in the New Jerusalem after the Great War, as prophesied in the Book of Revelations. Then, the court documents describe a phone conversation on January 29th between Charles and Lori, and it says this. On January 29, 2019, during a phone conversation between the parties and after their physical separation, Lori informed Charles that she was a God assigned to carry out the work of the 144,000 at Christ's second coming in July 2020, and that if Charles got in her way of her mission, she would murder him. The next day, Charles was on a business trip in Houston, and during another phone conversation, she kept referring to Charles as Nick Schneider instead of Charles's name. Charles asked who Nick Schneider was, and Lori told him that Nick was Charles's real name because Nick had killed Charles and taken his identity. Sounds kind of like the zombie theory. 
Lori proceeded to warn Charles that she would kill him upon his return home and had an angel there to help her dispose of the body. She also mentioned that she could not trust Charles and that she would not only kill him, but would destroy him financially. Since that conversation, Lori's communications with Charles have been rare and intermittent. Upon his return home, Charles petitioned for and received an order of protection against Lori in Maricopa County Superior Court, cause number, and then it gives the number. Charles has attempted to get Lori some help, but she refuses to visit a doctor because they would discover that she is a translated being. Around the same time the order of protection was issued, Charles filled out a petition with Community Bridges for a voluntary 72-hour hold and evaluation. Charles told Lori when she needed to appear at Community Bridges, but she never showed. Now, just in commenting in this zombie kind of demon type thing, Lori's friend April Raymond, who was on the Dateline episode, she was talking about Charles and she said that Lori said Charles was dead and had a demon living inside of him. And according to April, she said that Lori actually changed her story down the road and said that he was alive, but that any day she was going to get a call that he was dead. Now, during this time at the end of January, Lori also took $35,000 from Charles's business account, leaving him with under $1,000 and payroll was due. And as I mentioned in that little document, it talked about how she was going to financially ruin him. So now February, Julie comes back in the picture and she says that Chad told her that he's trying to keep his marriage together with Tammy and his finances were tight. And Lori at this time goes on a 58 day hiatus after she pilfers this money from Charles's account and nobody really knows where she went the entire time but there are reports that she spent time in Hawaii April Raymond mentioned this and also that she spent a little bit time at her brother Alex Cox's house but in mid-February preparing a people does a one-day conference and Chad's one of these speakers and this is also the last time that Chad actually speaks at one of these events and Charles believed that Lori was planning on going to this event and tries to serve her these papers the divorce documents etc to her and around this event like the airport at the hotel and the event itself but then Charles believed that last minute Lori backs out and changes her travel plans. So it's interesting how Chad is making comments about his marriage isn't kind of, you know, it's being tough on him and that he needs some money. And at the same time, Lori's marriage is going through a rough patch and she's taking some money. Now, if we fast forward to June, on June 28th, there is a letter to Chad from Charles. Only Charles didn't write it. It's actually a fake letter to Chad from Lori. But this is what it says. Hello, Chad. I hope you're doing well. This is Charles Vallow from Arizona. We really enjoyed having you to stay with us back in November when you came to a preparing a people conference. I appreciated you taking time to talk to me about the book I've been working on. Well, more than six months later, I still haven't made much progress on it, but I feel an urgency to get it done. 
As the managing partner of Wright Planning Group, I'm going to have the opportunity to speak at various conventions beginning in the fall, but everyone says I need to have a book available that summarizes my life and shares the principles I follow. So I will cut to the chase. I'm willing to pay you well to help me get this book into shape as my ghostwriter. I really liked your autobiography and the tone you took in sharing experiences without preaching. Is there any way you could come here for a couple of days and help me get the book underway? I feel talking in person would be much more valuable than a phone call or video chat, mainly because I would like you to read through some of my journals and explain to me how the publishing industry works. It would help me to know whether I truly have a book in me and whether you want to team up on it. I played minor league baseball and have plenty of stories that my audience could relate to, along with the knowledge I've gained running my own company. So I do feel the book would contain valuable information even beyond the convention circuit. I'm out of town until Saturday, but I would gladly fly you down here early next week before the holiday and cover your expenses. You could stay in our guest room like before or in a hotel if you prefer. I hate to take you away from your family, but I know this book is vital to my speaking success. I understand if you don't want to take part in the project, but I would definitely make it worth your time. With admiration, Charles. So this email is addressed to Chad by Charles, only Charles didn't write it, and I'll get to that in a minute. But there's two ways that this could be looked at. Did Lori create this email and send it to Chad? Or did Chad create this email so that when Tammy got it, because she did a lot of things with the company, was it for her to read? You know what I mean? We do know that Tammy's a part of the company and that Tammy and Chad work together. So possibly she was getting the emails as well. Now from Chad's point of view, if she did have this email and she saw it, then she would read that, oh, okay, Charles is wanting Chad to go and stay again and they're going to work on the book, right? And it mentions money and, well, that's a factor. And you know, even Julie said that when she talked to Chad, he was talking about money being tight. So that would be a pretty enticing offer if it was offered, right? Plus, it was stressed in there about a book. I want to write a book. I need you to be here. They got, I need you to see the journals. It was like riddled throughout the whole thing. So obviously, Chad is a publisher. And if Tammy were to see that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, she, he really needs your help. But the interesting thing to note was that Charles was not with Lori at this time. But Chad and Tammy were. And it says in there... You could stay in our guest room like before or in a hotel if you prefer. Well, there is no hour because they're not together. And even if Tammy didn't see this email, Chad would receive it and say, Hey, Charles Vallow needs me. You remember them. I stayed there. Remember that time in November? They want me back again. And Charles really wants me to work side by side with him. And they're going to pay really well. So Lori justifies why she needs him there. And interesting enough, Chad stopped doing the events of preparing a people in February 2019. So I guess he doesn't have an excuse as to where he needs to go for his next convention or event, right? 
so he probably needs a little bit of an excuse to get out and be with Lori. And this is why I think this. So I do feel the book would contain valuable information beyond the convention circuit. And of course, Lori ends it saying, I would definitely make it worth your time. I bet you would. The other interesting thing about this email is when Charles talks about his company, the Wright Planning Group, which is actually a retirement planning and financial investment firm. And what's interesting about that is he talks about how people told him that he needs to have a book written when he does these speaking engagements. And like, okay. This was 12 days before Charles was killed that this email came out. And I looked on a calendar and on June 28th was a Friday. So she talks about how I'm out of town till Saturday. But if you could come in after that or the next week before the holiday, which the Saturday would be the 29th of June and the next week before the holiday would be June 30th to the 3rd of July. And I'd like to know if Chad actually took her up on that offer and spent some time with Lori. My bet is yes. I'd also like to know where JJ and Tylee were and where they spent time. Because if Lori's spending time with Chad, I'm wondering if maybe at this point that the kids spent time with Charles or maybe with their uncle Alex. So Charles actually catches wind of this email and he forwards it to Lori's other brother, Adam. He says in it that he is going to forward this email to Chad's wife, Tammy, and let her know about it or call her. And here's what the email says. It's actually forwarded and it says, Chad, letter from Lori. Adam, open this letter and see what she did. I'm not sure if the relationship with her and Chad Daybell, but they are up to something. She created an email alias for me as I've never set this one up. She sent this yesterday and I guess she forgot all her emails are on the computer at my house. I asked her to explain it and she started blaming you, Brandon, and me for perpetuating a scheme against her. And side note, Brandon Boudreau is Lori's niece's ex-husband. They just split in this month as well. Just more of her paranoia. She will not explain it. I am going to send it to Chad Daybell's wife. Her name is Tammy and I found her email address on their website. I've got her cell number too. Sounds very suspicious to me. What do you think? Whenever she gets caught doing this kind of stuff, she starts blaming everybody else. Mostly me, you, and Brandon. Brandon and I are the victims of her craziness. I wish you luck trying to help her. I was the only one brave enough to try to get her help in January, and look what happened to me. The whole family put a scarlet letter on me. Maybe now they can see what they're up against. Thanks. And we haven't heard much, if at all, about Adam. We've always heard about Alex, but nothing about Adam. And the interesting thing here is Charles lumps himself, Brandon, and Adam all in one, saying she's blaming all three of us. So I wonder, I wish we could find out a little bit more about Adam. 
And it's not clear if Charles actually did send this email to Tammy or contacted her on her cell phone or anything like that. And it seems from this email too that Charles may have had previous conversations with Adam only because of the way he addressed the email and said, open this letter and see what she did. So I also wonder if Tammy responded to this email. Charles was dead 12 days later on July 11th. Now on July 11th, Charles gets shot and killed by Lori's brother Alex Cox. And Lori thinks she's going to get a payout from Charles's death. She thinks she's going to get a million dollars. But Charles changed the beneficiary before when Lori was saying all this cray cray stuff. And so he changes it and puts it in his sister Kay's name. And he also stated that if anything ever happened to him, to look to Lori and Alex. So Charles gave the money to his sister Kay after he died. And Kay said in an interview, she said, when Charles died, JJ was in danger. And this is a good example showing how Lori changed because Kay actually said in the interview that she loved Lori. She was like a sister to her. But in 2018, it started to change. And I hear a lot of people saying this. Her older son, a friend, they said she was a great mother up until 2018 and she was a great friend up until 2018. And the same thing with Chad, the same thing. He's a great guy and he started changing in 2018. And Kay also in this interview talked about the husbands and she said, three and four and dead, meaning husbands number three and four. And then she says five, he's next. How's he gonna go? I don't know, but I wouldn't sleep with my eyes closed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline well said. And when it came to Lori's behavior, Kay was also saying that Charles told me he had recordings of her because he said that nobody will believe me and he recorded of her one night. And when it came to Lori's behavior, Kay also said that Charles told me that he had recordings of her because he said that nobody would believe him and that he had recorded her one night. So I wonder if those recordings are available or if they you know if the authorities have it so at the end of august lori packs up the kids she goes with jj and tylee and they move to rexburg alex also follows suit and lori's niece melanie boudreau also moves there now at the end of september three weeks before tammy died Julie Rowe finally gets in touch with Chad because she's been trying to get a hold of him and she tried phoning him and email and finally she sends him a handwritten letter. They had, in the beginning of the year, had a falling out. And she says, I was trying to figure out on the business end what I needed to do through royalty checks and all that stuff. He wasn't responding to my texts or emails or phone calls, so I wrote him a handwritten letter. That is the reason that he finally called me three weeks later before Tammy died. 
And Julie last saw Chad in person in 2018, right before all this craziness happened. And she said the reason why they had a falling out was because she gave warnings to Chad and tried to warn him about Lori. And she said, I warned Chad and told him exactly what my angels told me and he told me I've been married to her before. I got a big warning on that and I looked into the future and I saw some stuff and I was concerned. I tried three times to warn him and not only did he blow me off, but he cut me off. She also said she's speaking out because she believes Lori and Chad are deceived in their beliefs. And so when Chad finally contacted Julie, she says that he had a frustrating voice and he said, my plan can't move forward until Tammy's dead. And Julie says she believes that Chad's referring to the life plan or the plan that God had for him. And she said, I was disheartened. I was very disturbed by that because if anyone understands how a person's plans work, people don't get in the way of our plans. Our plans are our plans, especially our spouses, and we are married to them for a reason. So now a week later on October 9th, that was when the whole fiasco of Tammy was in her driveway and a masked man came up to her and pointed a gun. She described it as a paintball gun, but the authorities are believing it wasn't, but it was the same description as what Brandon Boudreau said about it looked like it was a paintball gun, but it was a real gun. So that happened on the driveway. I do have some other videos on that. And she went to Facebook, talked about it, and nothing happened though. They pointed it at it, it was like a misfire, and then the person ran away because she called for Chad. And Kay also in an interview says, that wasn't a paintball gun. The fact that he pulled the trigger twice and it didn't do anything is because it misfired. Otherwise, she'd probably have been dead that day. And Larry Woodcock says, what makes me believe that is first, the gunman was totally masked and he was all in black. So that was a week after Chad said to Julie about he can't go ahead unless Tammy was dead. Week later, there's this attempt. And then 10 days after that, Tammy dies in her sleep. And Chad tells his father-in-law that Tammy had a terrible cough before she went to bed and she didn't wake up. So she didn't have an autopsy done, but in December, almost two months later, Tammy was exhumed and now we're waiting on her autopsy results. And it could be up to a year. Oh, and by the way, Chad gets $430,000 in insurance money for the death of Tammy Daybell. And on the day that Tammy died, Julie was speaking to one of Chad's daughters and Chad's daughter says this, Julie, you know what I'm most scared of? My dad getting remarried. That's the same day Tammy died that she said that. And what does Chad do? He gets married two weeks later. On November 5th, Lori and Chad get married in Hawaii. And Julie says about the marriage, I think it's a partnership that they went into. She went into it willingly and I think he is very accountable for the things he said and done to her and other people. Kay even mentioned that even before Charles died, she knew Lori and Chad were having an affair, but never thought it would turn into something like this. Also in November, there were witness reports that Lori and Chad said that Tylee died in 2017 and that Lori and Chad also said that they have no minor children. 
So December, Lori and Chad fly to Hawaii, and a week later, Lori's brother Alex Cox dies in a suspicious circumstances, and we are currently waiting on his autopsy results as well. And this is only a week after Chad and Lori go to Hawaii. So I'm wondering once she finds out, or she may have already known, that Alex died, did she actually fly back and go to his funeral? Was there a funeral? It doesn't really say a whole lot, but I'm guessing the answer is no. The other question is, is I wonder if Lori had insurance on Alex and also if Lori was calling him by another name like she called Charles. Now a little bit more about Julie Rowe because she was asked if she knows if the children are safe or what happened and she says, I do know the kids are safe, I can see them and she's talking about visions. I can see their energy and that they're in a bright house. I can see they're in the living room where they are. I can see they're comfortable in their bed at night. So I'm wondering if this goes with along with my potential theory of they're just being hidden and they're just creating all this hubbub for nothing when they're actually hidden and they are safe and not dead. Now, recently in other documents, there was something from Melanie's husband or his her new husband, Ian Pulowski, that said that they have been told by Chad and Lori that her children had been possessed and had become zombies. So I do want to connect more dots because Lori started calling Charles that different name and I'm wondering about that same thing would happen to Alex. I wonder if that type of thing was mentioned as well through Chad with somebody about her dying. I don't suspect so because he's talking more about plans. Um, but then now with the information of Tylee and JJ. Now the one thing I will mention though is I wanna know if there's insurance on JJ and Tylee because if there isn't, then I'm more likely to still go on the theory that those kids are still alive. So let's just do a recap. So many sources said that Lori and Chad changed around 2018. Julie Rowe said she changed. Kay and Larry Woodcock said she changed. Joseph's sister Annie said she changed. Everybody's saying that she changed. Even Colby said she was changing. And 2018 is the same time that Lori and Chad met. Now this is not a coincidence. And 2018 is when the money started rolling in for Lori. Joseph Ryan's insurance, she pilfers $35,000 from Charles's business account. She thought she was getting a million dollars from Charles's death. And she's even seen happy as a clam that same day that Charles died, thinking she's gonna be a millionaire. But Charles saw that she was cray cray and decided to change his policy. But Chad also gets paid out $430,000 from Tammy's death. Why all the money, right? Well, I'm gonna cover it in another future video. Let me know in the comments below if that's something you'd like to see. Let's have a chit chat below and we can talk about all this crazy stuff. Please click that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Click the like button and click the share button. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.